And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? <laughs> I'm still sick. My whole family is sick. Everyone is sick. <laughs> Welcome to the world of having children in your home. Just yeah, constant brutal. illness. It's terrible. Uh, we've been going through it, too, here. I feel like we're finally well today, which means we'll be catching whatever, whatever's next right around the corner. Uh, you know what else is uh, catching everything right around the corner? It's the Thunder catching a loss to the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. Uh, two in a row. That was pretty bad. That game was particularly bad just because they were – pretty dominant in the first half. I think they were up 15 going and into half, the second yeah. half. And then the Pistons scored 36 points in the third quarter to the Thunder's 22, and then 28 to the Thunder's 18 in the fourth. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a tale of two halves, as they say. It was. It was, uh, it was a little bit of a gut punch, um, as much as a, a game could be a gut punch at this stage <laughs> in this team's development. Just because, yeah. like, I saw people freaking out after the first Bucks game, and I was like, who cares? Like, yeah. the Bucks are, Bucks are really the good. best team in the league. Yeah. Even though they don't have Giannis, like, they are so well-drilled defensively. Yeah. And I'm not surprised that we look a mess with our typically terrible offense. Yeah. Going into the Detroit game, though, I was like, okay. All of my predictions about OKC being a tier above Detroit, it's all going to come to fruition, and then it did, Andrew. And at halftime, I was feeling like a million bucks. I know, me too. Like, this team is so much further along the path, Andrew. Especially that that fast break where, like, Shea dishes to Giddy and Giddy finishes that layup. You're just like, all right, everything's clicking right now. And the other thing was, like, Yes, they were hitting their threes, but it wasn't like they shot 50% from three. They shot 37.5% in that first half, which which was like a proof of concept for the idea that we've been talking about. Like, if this team could just hit a normal amount of threes, they're going <laughs> to blow some teams out Yeah, because the defense is so good. Like, if they uh-huh. can just shoot 35% from three, which they would still be blowing them out if they had shot that, mm-hmm. like, this team is going to look really good. And the defense was like incredible causing turnovers it felt like on almost every other play getting out in transition so yeah you were feeling amazing at half you're thinking okay this team is ready to go and then right at the start of the third quarter it flipped in like the exact same way like all of a sudden okc was the one turning it over detroit started hitting all their threes 
and they just caught up. And then for me, it was like that. It was sometime in the fourth where I actually started getting like disappointed which, with who, with whoever was out on the court at that time. Um, because up until then, it was like, okay, they came back, they made a run. Yeah. And then it was really nice and back and forth and it was really competitive. But then in that fourth quarter, you just kind of felt like them lose the grip of the game. Yeah. Which which was a little disappointing. Um because they had they had their vets in there. I mean, like Kenrich and Muscala played a lot of minutes. Yeah. Um in that game. Yeah. So the fourth quarter minutes, I, it was Shea nine minutes. J dub played all twelve minutes of the fourth. Kenrich mm-hmm. played nine. Usman played ten. And yes, then Muscala did. played seven forty six. Yeah, so I will say that I rewatched the game last night. Mm-hmm. Didn't come away as feeling as bad. Oh, that's good. So, so on second watch, it was just like, oh, this is just a typical like bad game from a young team. Like, yeah, it it, it didn't feel as bad as it did in the moment. Um, watching it back, and like, you know, I, I'm sure you were on Twitter. There's a there's a segment of Thunder fandom that is you know getting excited about whoever it is maybe it's it's giddy maybe it's dort Mm -hmm. you know like oh this is a terrible contract or like we need to start thinking about trading giddy um and in the moment i kind of like understood why even though i wouldn't agree with that i understood Mm -hmm. why they were going to that extreme but Mm -hmm. on the rewatch i was like you know what like giddy's just having trouble finishing right now like he's doing some other stuff offensively that i think is fine like Mm -hmm. he has not been good Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to claim he's been good but it's really just the finishing. Like he is really having trouble. And in that game in particular, trouble dealing with like the size length and athleticism of Detroit, like whether it was trying to get past Sadiq Bay, who is huge or trying to shoot over Jalen Duran, or like trying to deal with Hami, who was like super active and caused uh, at least one turnover on Giddy. Yeah. Like he, he just seemed to have a lot of trouble with Detroit. Um, And they're, they're sort of unique. I mean, it was, it was kind of like a repeat of the Bucks game and that there's just like a ton of size for a team that just doesn't have a lot of size right now. Yeah. Detroit's not like huge though. They're not, they're, they aren't, they're not huge. They're but, not, they're not the Bucks. They, I mean, they don't, they don't play a guy above six, eight. I mean, besides Duran. Yeah. But like Duran is like super bouncy and athletic and he yeah. was like altering a lot of shots around the rim. Mm-hmm. And then I just felt like Sadiq is a big dude Barrel for chest. a wing player. Yes, very barrel chested, and then and then Hami. I mean, we know about Hami, so yeah, maybe yeah. Uh, height. It's, it's not that they're big. Yeah, it's just that they're they're much more athletic. They're a much more athletic team than the Thunder. Yeah, and I feel like you, that's where Giddy struggled. How do you feel about Shea down the stretch of the game? I mean, honestly, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even want to listen to this argument last year, but. Mm-hmm. I'm more open to the argument that like, not that they're wasting Shea, but like he is so clearly far and away the best player on this roster. Mm-hmm. The drop off after Shea to whoever you think is the second best player on this team is so large. Part and of that's the, his rise this season has been. It is. It is. And, that, and that's why I said like, it's this season as opposed to last season where I'm starting to like entertain that idea a little bit more just because like, yeah, you can blame him for like not taking over, but on the same at the same time, like he was making great plays. Mm-hmm. 
he was generating wide open threes. He was yeah. making the right basketball play. So I'm not going to get mad at Shea just because none of his teammates can hit a three <laughs> ever, forever and ever and ever. Like that's not that's not his fault. No, he's generating fault. those looks. I mean, the, the at the beginning of the third quarter, I went back and rewatched that, and Jerry got three wide open threes in that first like five six minutes and bricked all of them. Yeah, and and he's the best shooter on the team. He's shooting forty percent from three right now. Mm-hmm. He he's the best, and he bricked all three of those wide open threes. Yeah, and it's like who am I supposed to blame there? Like I can't. I'm not blaming Shea because he didn't like go alpha mode. Like how how much can we really expect him? to do that night after night yeah i just thought he could do it against detroit their defense didn't have any answers for him all night even they played zone on him he was like i don't care like he there was yeah. a play in the first half where he like sadiq bay and Cade cunningham were standing right next to each other and he just whoop, just goes right past both of them i just i just thought he could get a little bit i mean he took five shots in the whole fourth quarter it's like i don't know like he could have taken more but yeah but to be honest like when we think about the version of the Thunder team, it's not heliocentric Luka Ball. Like, I think it's probably better for Shea to play this other way where he's trying to generate open shots for teammates because yeah. that's the ideal version of this team. The roster doesn't allow for it right now, Mm-mm. but I, I think it actually makes more sense. I mean, yes, you would like him to take over at some point. And I, I feel like there's similar complaints about Cade Cunningham, like that sometimes he can be a little too passive kind of does like the Chris Paul thing where he just kind of hangs back for a couple of quarters and then yeah. asserts himself when he needs to. Yeah. So yeah, Kate only took 12 shots in that game <clears throat> altogether. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's so the second half. Sorry. No, no. What did he take? Sorry. 17. No, 21. 17. Oh my God. Oh, man. He keeps getting higher. <laughs> How many did he take? I keep clicking. I'm on basketball reference, clicking on the, the quarters and halves and I actually clicked half. Instead of oh, game. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm not the complaint is not to Shea. Shea was incredible in this game. Thirty-three points, seven boards, five assists, a steal, four blocks, only one turnover. He was outrageous. He was outrageous. The guys no, the complaint need... is that they don't have one shooter on this team. Well, they I mean they've got guys, they just didn't play them. Like Isaiah Joe's proven that he can shoot it. Wiggins can prove it has proved that he can shoot it. But he even did. Wiggins is like he's I think he's at thirty three percent for this year. Like their, their one knockdown shooter is Mike Muscala, who has been cold to start the season yeah. for for him. But, like, even someone I, – I mean, like, after that, it's like I'm going to Trey Mann, mm-hmm. who even last year shot, like, 36%. I think he's at 33% this year. Yeah. Just the lack of shooting, it just – it's it's like wearing those weights, those, like, ankle weights when you're, like, trying to, you know, run faster or whatever mm-hmm. people use them for. I don't actually know. Mm-hmm. And the lack of shooting on this team is just putting like a huge weight on this roster. And the promise is that like, oh, well, yeah, obviously there's eventually going to be shooting on this team. But it's like, well, it has to come from someone on this team, likely. <laughs> like, Well, they're not trading for a shooter. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Right. And even so. if they draft a shooter next year, okay, well, that's one more. Okay, we'll bring in Chet. Okay, that makes me feel a little yeah, bit yeah. better. But, like, somebody has to start shooting. Well, and also, threes. like, we have to understand something else about bringing in a guy like Chip England. I got, I'm getting, like, tweets from people after the game, like, what do we even bring that guy in for? Like, that guy sucks, too. Like, if you're actually going to try and change these guys' shots, you are going to take a step back. 
because you're changing what they've been doing their entire career and the way that they have gotten to the NBA. You're going to start tweaking little things here and there that could make things worse before they get better. So I just don't, one, don't be that guy that's in the comments talking about how the shooting coach is not a good shooting coach. It's been nine games, <laughs> you know? That, that would, I haven't even like thought about Chip England, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, well, it's been, it's been 10 games. So like, what do we don't one don't don't take like don't make sweeping evaluations on like really young players over a ten game stretch. If this was a random ten game stretch in February, I don't think that people would be as upset as they are now. Also, remember how you felt after they beat the Clippers twice at home. I mean, that happened within this ten game stretch too. It's just these last two games have been rough, and this is. This is kind of what you sign up for whenever you roster the youngest team in the league is that you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have players that look great one night and terrible the next. Like This is the story of most young players. And honestly, the guy that you would expect to not have these crazy ups and downs is in a boot, you know? <laughs> in a boot. So I just don't think, I don't know, the the whole like freaking out about, oh my gosh, this... I, this is going to be a, a a journey of ups and downs this season with this Thunder team. And the story so far is that Shea is like an absolute star. I mean, well, he, so, and I think that's where the, the frustration the comes league. from. One, that Shea is like, yes, absolutely a star. Yeah. Far beyond what he was even last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> during that awesome stretch. He's a lot better than last year. But the, But it's also, I think what people get frustrated with the shooting is like, they haven't necessarily brought in a ton of just like bona fide shooters, like guys who you are just kind of waiting for it to come around because you know it's there. Like they a lot of these guys have to develop their shot. Yeah, all of them and so, basically. And so I think that's where part of the frustration comes as well. Like if if we had someone, you know, like someone who had the reputation of like a, a MPJ, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not saying like that level of player, but just someone who had that reputation as a shooter – if, if they were shooting like 34%, 33%, you wouldn't really worry about it. Mm -hmm. But when it's these guys, it's just like, it's hard, to, it's hard to, it's hard to just sit here and envision like, oh, they're obviously going to become a shooter. We don't know. Mm -hmm. We have no idea. We have nothing to base that on mm -hmm. other than Chip England being a good coach, mm -hmm. being a good shooting coach. Like that's, yeah. that's the only thing I like am hanging my hat on because I don't know how else I'm supposed to project that Dort's suddenly going to start shooting threes at some point in his career yeah the only guys that i'm like looking at their percentages and i'm like oh yeah this is gonna get better i think jang mm -hmm. i don't know if it'll be better this year but i can see him being a good shooter he's shooting 22 percent from three um trey man 29 percent. i mean that's going to get better oh wow um percent. Okay. yeah that's i mean it's really bad shay even 30 percent from three which he's just not taking any so it's it's like almost that percentage doesn't even matter yeah you know those to me those are gonna get better I I think that we could have a JRE regression at some point. Baisley's not going to shoot this well. But those are like the only two guys that are above 38% right now. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing that's about Shea, though, is like you start looking at his career, and it's like, was that one year the outlier? Was the 40% year the outlier? And he's just kind of settling back into what he really is as a shooter. Because um, we keep waiting for that Shea to come back, 
And there's been so much other good stuff that you can kind of ignore it and be mm-hmm. like, well, who really cares? He's a career um, 34%. I think that that is yeah. closer to what we should expect because he shot 36% his first year with the Clippers, 34.7% with the Thunder his second mm-hmm. year, then up to 41, then down to 30. To me, like we have a larger sample of him being just like a pretty good shooter from three than we yeah. do of him being like really bad. And last year, the shot the shot attempts were kind of wild especially at this juncture in the season where he's taking these like wild step backs and just like all these wild kinds of threes that you just i mean honestly you haven't seen him take those at all this year yeah yeah in fact that's a great lead in andrew uh to a a small a short little segment uh uh, i don't have a name for it but i just (laughs) looked up uh one good stat and one bad stat about the players who have played the most on the team so I'm not going to do it for every player on the roster because some of these guys are like, they barely played 100 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. You might as well just say it out loud. <laughs> I thought maybe we could be a little bit more covert uh, I about am, the operation. I am on my mic. Okay, all right. Never mind. I thought yeah, I was hearing okay. a little bit more noise. All right, keep going. Uh, okay, so... Um, a good stat and a bad stat. Now, typically, you would want to do a, a compliment sandwich, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. But Oreo. I only have one of each, so this is an open face sandwich. <laughs> one compliment, gross. One bad thing. <laughs> uh, let's start with Shea. Uh huh. This is really interesting. The percentage of his threes. Now, this is the good stat. I guess I should ask you: Would you like to talk about the good or the bad first? Andrew? Give me the bad first. I always want the bad first. All right. The bad, as you just mentioned, not taking a lot of threes. He's only taking 11% of his shots from three, which is a career low, mm-hmm. lower than even his rookie season. Mm-hmm. Now, he's been so good elsewhere, it's kind of hard to find a bad stat. But going forward, I mean, he's he's his shot distribution is like DeMar DeRozan right now, mm-hmm. which one, freaks out Taylor. <laughs> Taylor is not a DeMar DeRozan fan. <laughs> um, but also, like, for a team that needs shooting so desperately, we had already kind of banked in, like, Shea being a decent three-point shooter, and he's not even taking them. Mm-hmm. So it just hurts, like, the overall thing that we've got going on right now when he only takes 11% <laughs> of his shots from three. So that's that's the one bad thing, you might say. Uh-huh. Okay, good, though. The threes that he is taking, 57% of them are assisted. Yeah. Now, compare that to last year, 30%. Compare that to the year before, 30%. So, at least the threes he is taking, as you mentioned, aren't those, like, wild, I'm going to do everything by myself and shoot this crazy step back three. Mm-hmm. He's actually taking some – he's taking the majority of his threes are assisted. So, that's I think that's pretty good. That is good. It's just not that's very many. Thing. We just like to have. I think. I mean, it would obviously help the offense a lot if you could find him on the wing. Yeah, because there is a there does seem to be some kind of standing around a little bit at times whenever he's not the one operating. Uh, actually, bonus good stat for Shea. So this is a compliment sandwich. He is tenth in the league in deflections per game. 3.7 3.7 per game, 2.7 yep. last season. Now you might say, oh, defensive stats, who cares? Let me read you the list, the top 10 lists for deflections per game. Yep. Paul George, OG Ananobi, Alex Caruso, DeAnthony Melton, DeJounte Murray, Anthony Davis, Jalen Suggs, and Luca. So Luca's the one that kind of stands out. It's like, okay, well, he's not an amazing defender. Yep. All those other guys thought of as like very good defenders. And this is just one stat to show, you know, the change defensively from Shea. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd include that. Okay, so that was Shay. Uh, who would you like to hear next, Andrew? Give me Dort. Just... Give me the bad okay. news on Dort. 
Well, the bad news is Dort is shooting 19.3% from three. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, furthermore, as a percentage of his overall shot attempts, corner threes still only account for 8% of his shots, the exact same as the last two seasons. That so checks out. His, so even though he is taking fewer threes per game, it's they're not necessarily funneling towards the corners. Uh, good news, Andrew, though. Mm-hmm. His three-point attempt rate is at a career low. Yeah, fewer of Dort's shots are coming from three than ever before. So as bad as as it's been, his shot chart is actually starting to look a little better. Yeah, Dort's attempts from zero to three feet have increased from twenty percent to thirty-three percent of his overall shot diet. So more shots at the rim, less shots from three. If you compare his seasons, his shot distribution right now looks much closer to his rookie season Mm -hmm. than the last two seasons. So as bad as it's been, and it has been bad, 19.3% from three, it does feel like he is starting to change his shot distribution. Now, it's only 10 games. Yeah, We'll we'll see what happens. But you know what? That made me feel pretty good. Yeah. And for all my Dort haters out there, the Thunder are plus 7.3 when he's on the court. Uh, yes, yes, because most of these stats are going to be offensive stats. Uh, okay, who do you want to hear next? Who do you want to hear uh, next? Give me, give me Poku. You got a Poku stat? Uh, nope. Has uh, yes, actually, I do. Poku, bad. <laughs> he is back under forty percent from the field, Andrew. <laughs> oh, no, twenty-seven percent from three, forty-six percent on twos. Okay, that's bad. Yeah. That's now bad. listen to this again. This is very similar to Dort last year. Poku only took 28% of his shots at the rim, 31% of his shots from Mm mid-range. This year, 42% of his shots at the rim, 19% of his shots from mid-range. I like that. That suggests, well, that could suggest a few things. One, he might be getting out in transition more, Mm -hmm. getting like easy looks at the basket. Or he could start to be more physical, which is something we've talked about before. Now, he's also had some like truly awful attempts around the rim. Yeah. Uh, this season. So I kind of understand why he was backing out to the mid range last year in some respects. Uh, But in general, that's what you would like to see. You would like to see Poku getting attempts closer to the rim and him not taking 31% of his shots from the mid range. Yeah. Yeah. That's not ideal. He is questionable right now with the right shoulder. Bersaitis. We'll see. Bersaitis. I'll bet you he'll be back either in the next couple of games. Also just a quick injury report. Uh, Jang and Eugene and Lindy and J-Dub are all playing in the blue game today. I don't know if they'll be recalled or not. They'll probably get recalled and then may or may not play tonight. Uh, okay. And then Giannis and Pat Connaughton, obviously, and then Drew Holiday and Middleton and Ingles are all out tonight for the Bucks in OKC. So if you bought your tickets and we're excited about that, well, get ready for some uh, well, Brooke Lopez ball. Hey, and speaking of, uh, the game's about to end. OKC is killing the Santa Cruz Warriors. Nice. Um, and uh, Usman Jang, 20 points, 6 of 13 from the field, 2 of 8 from 3. Wow. 25 and 4. Woo. With two blocks and a steal. Woo. Uh, Eugene, he's, he's not the leading scorer, though, because that would be Eugene, 27 points. Let's go, Eugene. Uh, listen to this line from uh, Jay Will. Seven points, nine rebounds, eight assists, Ooh. four steals. Ooh. And again, this is the uh, G League. 
Okay. And again, this doesn't <laughs> matter. And... Okay, next. Uh, there's four more, Andrew. Bays, okay. Trey Man, Giddy, or Jerry. Who would you like? Uh, give me give me Bays. Shout out to Bays. Okay, Bays. Now, the bad for Bays is that uh, he's shooting 43% at the rim, according to Cleaning the Glass, which is in the zeroth percentile. The zeroth. The zero. That's as bad as it gets. 43%, which is honestly unbelievable, because I, if you had asked me, I would have said, you know what? He's actually finishing around the rim pretty well. He's been, he's had some nice, like, you know, his, his typical, when he looks good, it's usually him like cutting in. Yeah, yeah. He catches the pass. He dunks it. He's had a lot of those, but apparently not enough. Yeah, it doesn't he's quite match the eye test there for me either. But check this out. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. Bayes is shooting 39% from three on only 1.8 attempts per game. More importantly, the number of threes he's taken in the first 10 games. Last year, 44 threes in his first 10 games. That's a lot. This year, 18. That's great. That's a significant change in how he is playing basketball. But this is boxed in Bays. Boxed in Bays. And it's like this version of Bays, even when he, because like there's still moments. There was a moment, I think, in that third quarter where he t- took this like fadeaway mid range shot yeah, from yeah. the baseline. Yeah. And then there, followed it was it like, up. A, it was like there was a, it was like three possessions, it felt like, where it was just like, can we can we can we like hit the eject button for Bays? Like can we just yes. get him out of here? So that stuff is still happening, but it doesn't bother me as much because I feel like he is correcting the other parts of his game, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. I feel I, I'm more hopeful because it's like, well, if he can improve on his three point shooting, both in in accuracy but also just not taking as many, yeah. then maybe we're going to see some further development. And yeah. so I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more hopeful. Yeah, he's okay. Been, he's been legitimately fine this year, plus 11.2 when he's on the court for the Thunder. Yeah. Which is good. Um, okay, let's do Trey Mann. Trey Mann. Now the bad, and I'll be honest with you, now this is just like st- st- statistics. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's things you could probably say that are bad about Trey. Statistically, I feel like Trey is having a really good season. Sell me. Bad, he's shooting, as you mentioned, 29% from three. Bad. Not good at all. His finishing. He is shooting 68.4% in the restricted area on 1.9 attempts per game. That's good. Last year, he shot 47.8% in the restricted area on one and a half attempts per game. Mm -hmm. So he's getting to the rim more, and he's shooting a much better percentage, and it looks different. Now, I, I don't know. I feel like... At the beginning of the season, we were super hyped on Trey. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of been like up and down since then. But I still feel like he's there. Like like it's it's coming and it's it's looking good overall. I was actually surprised that he's averaging like 24 minutes per game um, because it feels less than that. Yeah, it does. He needs to be more aggressive. There are too many possessions on offense where... He's out there, and he's really should be the guy initiating mm-hmm. offense, and he's just moving the ball along. And it's like, what are you, what are you doing, bro? Like that's just happened too much. You got to empower him. Empower him. Got to be empowered. Uh, the other thing is his passing. Did you know that he's almost doubled his assists per game while decreasing his turnovers? That's good. Yeah, his passing has actually been pretty decent this year. He's he's a good player. He's gonna he's going to get better. He's gonna have some good stretches. And I would say those two things were things that we were really focused on last year. Like, oh my gosh, this guy cannot finish at the rim because he's yeah. just not strong, enough. not strong enough. And also, like, 
he looks like a good passer, but it was not showing up in the stats. Mm-hmm. Like his assist to turnover ratio was yeah. very close to one. Yeah. And now it's kind of showing up. It's starting to show up. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, one more. Yep. Plus fifteen point four. When the when he is on the court, that's in the eighty seventh percentile. Yep. The Thunder are playing better when Trey Mann is in the game. Uh, okay. Also, Braids more... are back. Also, the Braids are back. Good. I, I like the Braids. I think it's a good look. Yeah, yeah. Um, plus, it signals like this is new Trey Mann. This yeah, is come Trey on. Two point oh. I know. It felt like he brought the old Trey Mann back for a couple of games, and I was like, "What are we yeah. doing?" Like, get, yeah, like... I had already moved past. Yeah, okay, uh, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. Uh, his steal percentage, Andrew. Percentage of plays that end with Jerry getting a steal. He's in the 99th percentile for a big right now. And why that's relevant is because he's been really good in transition. Yeah. 1.6 points per possession in transition, just outside the top 10 for the league. And that's not that insane because he was really good in transition last year. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because there's, it feels like there's so many fast breaks where the beneficiary at the end of the day is Jerry catching some crazy pass from Giddy or from Shea, and he's able to finish it. So I like that. The bad is that he's probably playing out of position. Lineups with Jerry at center have not been good. They were not good last year. They are not good this year. OKC has a minus 17.4 net rating when he is at center. Yeah. And like I said, that was the case last year. In general, his minutes at power forward have been much better. Yeah. But like last year, it was 75-25 in terms of his split between center and power forward. Mm -hmm. This year, it's 90-10 for obvious reasons. They've also been so bad in the first quarters. They're like one they of the, have. they're one of the worst first quarter teams in the NBA. Yes. And that's been a huge part of it. That's why like when you look at the 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 plus minus differential on cleaning the glass like Jeremiah is terrible, Giddy's terrible, mm-hmm. Poku's yeah. terrible. A lot of that's just cuz those guys have started. Uh okay, final one. Josh Giddy. Mm-hmm. Now the bad uh, again, this this is one's an obvious one. He's shooting 47% in the restricted area. Yeah. I felt like that Pistons game was a great uh, example of his lack of finishing right now. He's just taking such difficult shots. He's taking these like three foot out like push shots that are really tough because like he's not using the glass at all. Like you have to be just highly accurate on those, and they're just real. They're difficult shots. And he also know. is making his layups more difficult. He had he had a layup where he could have gone up with the left hand. He had like a yeah. guy on his right hand side, but instead he turned. He did like a one eighty and tried to do like yeah. a reverse right handed layup. Mm-hmm. It was like, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, but check this out, Andrew. Shooting thirty eight point nine percent on catch and shoot threes. You mentioned this to McKelly mm-hmm. on Monday. Mm-hmm. Shooting thirty three percent from three, sixty percent from the corners. Obviously, this is you know not a ton of attempts. But you couldn't ask for much more yeah. from Josh Giddy this early in the season from three. He's almost like the anti-Trey. He is, where, where you like... don't expect him to be doing well at all. And then you check the stats, and you're like, oh, you know what? He's actually been pretty decent. <laughs> it's not too bad. He, I mean, count me in as like somebody who's not worried about Josh Giddy. I mean, remember, he well, had like a pretty bad ankle sprain. Yeah, He has not looked like he's in rhythm this season for whatever reason. I mean, I just... I'm not concerned about it, and maybe that's just me being blindly optimistic, but we have a larger sample of Josh being a really good player. Well, here's the final stat, and this is what I thought was the most encouraging stat that I found, and it is paint touches. Mm-hmm. Giddy is averaging 72.7 paint touches per game, wow. 72 in 28 minutes per game. 
as a comparison, Shea is averaging around 78, but he's playing almost 36 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. The point is, like, as rough as it sometimes looks for Giddy to, like, get to the rim, he is getting to the paint. Mm-hmm. And that's super important when it comes to kicking out to shooters or to do something himself at the rim. And so that's what gives me hope. Like, he's not this guy who's, like, getting stonewalled at the three-point line. Like, he is finding himself getting to the paint where good things start to happen. The problem is, of course, as we mentioned, he's kicking out to shooters who aren't making shots. Or, for himself, he's just not being able to convert Mm -hmm. once he gets into the paint. Mm -hmm. But I do think that is encouraging. Like, he's getting to the paint more per minute than Shea right now. Yeah. Yeah, I... The Thunder are asking a lot of these guys during this stretch and during and really during this season. They're going to ask a lot of them to grow and stretch and not just, hey, come on back and be the player you were last year. I mean, this goes for Dort and Trey and Shea and everybody. And so there will be times where it looks like, and I got, man, I got so many. My, I just tried to stay away from Twitter. And then when I rejoined it, it was like, oh, my gosh. I was like reading my mentions, and it's just like, no one has improved. This has been such a terrible season. It's like, guys – you, this is this is what you get when you watch a young team. Like this is just a part of it. They have to have growing pains, and part of that growth, a lot of times, is being is not being very good. And will every player on this team end up being a good NBA player? No. Will some guys that we think the world of today be out of the league in five years? Yes. But the guys that are going to be a part of this Thunder team that's going to make the journey back up the second mountain, are they're going to have ups and downs, and eventually they're going to get better. I mean, think about like Westbrook and years one and two, and like the up and down thoughts that we had about him. I, I mean, there was a point in his rookie season where I was like, man, the Thunder should have taken DJ Augustine, you yeah. know? Yeah. So you just can't and Russell is a hall of famer one of the best players to ever play the game the best thunder player of all time and still it took time with him so i know we're like we live in this culture where it's just like all the time like i i want it and i want it now and i need to to have this now and this things need to be better now i mean just it's not going to be that way with this team it's going to take time this is a a is he's 19 still so like we've got to not jump to these just giant conclusions like oh man we should should probably trade giddy because things haven't worked the first 10 games it's just man we've got it yeah you have to just take you have to take it easy with this and not make such sweeping remarks either good or bad with these guys just because we just largely don't know yet yeah and you know big picture like what did we talk about in preseason how tough the schedule was going to be and how's that that was likely going to lead to a ton of losses. Yeah. The fact that they are four and six ahead of the Golden State Warriors with a better point <laughs> differential than the Golden State Warriors. Right. They're they have a better they're tied point differential with the Sacramento Kings, mm-hmm. who are obviously wanting to make the playoffs. Like on the whole, the season has been positive. Yeah. You can't take a step forward every single game. And there's going to be games that are legitimately disappointing, like last night. If you follow Detroit Pistons fans, They've been feeling this way up until that game. Like they've been wondering, like, what's wrong with this team? Why aren't we making significant changes? Like you're you're play, starting like or you're not starting, but you're playing two rookies heavy minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you really expect to happen? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with Thunder fans. It's like we're playing so many young guys and rookies. What did you really expect? It not consistency. You couldn't have expected consistency. Yeah. 
and we kind of got spoiled in that first, you know, six to eight games where it really did look like, wow, everything's kind of clicking right now. Yeah. And it was inevitable that they were going to hit like a rough patch and they'll probably lose to the Bucks tonight, even though Giannis and Drew are out. Yeah. Although who knows? Maybe, maybe they won't, but yeah. Well, and like we're seeing it play out with Golden State right now where they're trying to do the the old team, young team thing, and it's just not working. And they actually have to win. And they have to win. And they're playing young guys. They're basically playing three second-year players because James Wiseman didn't play at all last year. And they're seeing like, oh, crap. <laughs> we can't win with these guys. Like, yeah. We just can't. We can't win with these guys right now. Um so it's this is like that's the NBA. It is so rare that you pick up a young player that immediately helps you. It just takes time. It just and that's I mean that's the thing that kind of sucks with this is like we're gonna see progress and we're gonna see regression and then progress again. It's just gonna be all over the place just because they're young. Like that's just the way. That's well, just the and, way that it works. And like I'm sure people can look at. You know, I think what people do is they look at like Paulo, and it's like, oh man, if we could have Paulo on this team, or if we could have, if we had taken Franz Wagner, mm-hmm. like, dude, the Magic are two and nine. Like, they just lost to the Rockets. They're terrible too. Yeah. Like, all of these teams with all these young guys that we like are terrible yep. right now. They stink too. Detroit so, stinks. Orlando stinks. Houston stinks. They're all, like, all they're these all teams bad. are going through this right now. Yeah. And it's a totally normal part of the process. And it's not fun in the yeah. moment because you want, you want to feel validation yeah. like, Oh, we made the right pick. Yep. We definitely have our core. Yep. This is all going to work out, but it just yeah. doesn't, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Short pod today. Uh, enjoy the bucks game. Enjoy the Toronto Raptors are in town on Friday. That should be fun. The Pascal Siakam list Raptors. So that should be an interesting one. Uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.